Uh-huh. Yeah, marvelous. Okay. Yeah. Uh. I'm on my Frank Lucas shit. Three-piece suits. Valentino cufflinks. LV shoes. I bring the shorty closer, just enough to fill the gun on the holster. Out on the balcony, filling on the breeze. City skylines, we're puffing on some trees. Cup of honey on the rocks with the soda. Made back front of the building with the chauffeur. And he waiting on me, got a bullet in his hands and my name in the seats. No gift, baby, no thanks, no chinchillas, baby. So what happened to Frank? No phone calls, transactions hand in hand. Leave the drugs to Rick, the money to Benny Banks. Talk to crazy, he talks to me. Keep my business out the streets, it's the ARC. Welcome to the show. Welcome to another episode of the Rick A Show. <clears throat> Season seven. It is officially December 1st. 31 more days of this fantastic year that we're having in 2020. Uh, our guest today is executive producer Maria Leguizamo. I said Maria. Marie. I'm pretty sure you get that. Do you get that? I get that all the time, and I kill everybody that does that to me. <laughs> but I, I love you. I'll give you another chance. I'll give you another chance. Okay. So our guest today is Marie Leguizamo. You know, <clears throat> it's not the first time that has happened to me. We had Wall Street Fire from Major Lasers on the show, and I called. I really messed up his name. It was probably the most embarrassing moment on this podcast. I'm pretty good with details and, and guest information, and that just... I ruined it for me. So who is Marie Leguizamo? Where'd you come from? How'd you get into uh, television? Let's start with who you are, a little background. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. This is super cool. Um, you know, I follow your podcast and your streams and stuff. So this is dope. I am an executive producer. I've been in television for a long, long time, um, unscripted, which is now like the fancy way to call it. Back in the day was MTV, but now it's unscripted. We have a category. Um, I've been working in this industry pretty much since I can remember for my whole life. I always wanted to be a performer. I thought that in front of the camera was my calling, but uh, behind the camera was actually my calling. I started producing actually one of my first production jobs was at MTV. That's why I call it the school of TV. You know, it's like the college after you get out of college. Uh, worked my way up, moved out to Miami. Now I'm out in LA and I love it. I love it. I produce, I work, I work, I work, I work and I work, but I play too. <laughs> so for those who don't know, what is it? I mean, a lot of people want to be the actor. They want to be in front of the camera. Uh, what drives you to being behind the camera and what exactly does a producer do? Well, it's different in scripted than an unscripted, definitely in unscripted, which is, you know, my realm. The EP, it's like, we call the shots, you know, I'm the showrunner. I basically, I'm in charge of every single person, every single element of the show, everything from what you see, everything you see on screen, yeah. I have seen it and seen it and seen it and seen it. Um, you know, there's the showrunner is basically a person in charge of running the show from the budget to all of the creative, to the cast, all of the major decisions, um, as opposed to the people on screen that get to have the fun, we get to have a little bit more of the fun because kind of pull the strings a little bit in the background. So those are little secrets that not that many people know about. <laughs> so an EP, executive producer, um, what's your process like when you're working on a project? Uh, it's crazy because, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but like- No, no, go ahead. We, it's, you completely immerse your life in the show. So basically, you know, like 
at one point, you know, my last show was Last One Laughing for Amazon Prime, LOL. And that show is basically about, you know, not laughing for six hours. And it's, it's a little raunchy. There's a lot going on in that show. You see a lot of phallic things. And, you know, we start talking and having conversations. And I forget that, you know, there's real life and then there's work. So I start talking about work and becoming like, yeah, do you remember when he had like the little, 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 little wait, 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 no, 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 wait, back, 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 back. So like I was saying, um, so it, it becomes kind of like a full takeover of your life, uh, of what you become, you know, whenever, whatever projects I'm in, like if I'm on The Voice, you know, I'm, I'm starting to listen to songs and, oh, that would be really cool. Or, oh, that's a really cool outfit. And, you know, different things that you really immerse yourself in that. You become, you become your shows. And I think that's part of the success I've had and that I'm so, so overly grateful for is the fact that, you know, I, I live the show. It's not just a punch in, punch out. Like I live the show and I dream about it. My husband makes fun of me. He goes, you were talking about lighting last night. I don't know if that's like a guy or like the lights. Like, I don't know what happened, but it's cool. It's really cool. I really love it. And I'm super grateful to do what I love. So as a producer, actors have, you know, I've had an actor on, Chino was my inspiration. Yeah. This person is my inspiration. Who, as a producer, is your inspiration? Well, you know, it's crazy because, like, I am lucky enough to work for a company, um, which is Animal Shine Boomdog right now, that our CEO, and she, who just got promoted to chairman, Chris Abrego, like, that guy is badass. He is a Mexican-American man that has started, like, literally started from the bottom, now I'm here, because he started producing. He, he, tells, me, he tells me stories about how, you know, he used to work either like in the mailroom or, you know, as a PA. And, and now he's the chairman of this amazing company. So somebody like him, I look up to because it's, it's crazy. It's not always about the success of the people in front of camera. It's the sex of the people behind it. And like, like I said, we hold the strings behind there. And it's pretty cool to, to see that not only is it somebody in the industry, but he's Latino, man. Like he made it, he made it in a, in a, in a, in a world that there's not that many of us up there. So it's, it's cool to see that. And it's cool that I get to work with him. So you mentioned Latino. Um, you are a Latino woman. Yes, I it am. It makes it even harder to break through into that industry. What's that been like as a Latino woman being a television producer? Um, were there some doors that you had to break down? Or uh, was there someone that opened the door for you? Uh, what's that been like for you? It was more like a sledgehammer that I had to take <laughs> to get through there. Honestly, like... I'm, again, grateful for all the opportunities I've gotten and everything, but it's hard, man. Like, as a girl already, like, oh, she's, she's going to be upset. Like, she's going to be careful. Or, hey, uh, can I get some coffee? And I'm like, hold on. Like, back up. I'm sitting at the head of the table now. So it's really cool, like, to, to, to represent as a female, but it's an even cooler thing to represent as a Hispanic, like, as a Latina, like, I was born in, in, in the Bronx. I was born in New York. I grew up in, in Long Island. Mm. Um, and when I was little, like growing up in Long Island, it was all white Americans, like super Jewish town, super, you know, gringo town. And, and I never wanted anybody to know that I was Latina because I was like, oh, it's not cool. Like, it's, you know, I, I don't want to talk Spanish. It's mom. It's like super embarrassing. Like, stop talking. I do the white girl really well. It's super <laughs> embarrassing. But now... You know, now it's like, was I crazy? Like, I'm, I, yes, I'm Latina. My mom is Ecuadorian and Colombian. My dad is Colombian. Like, I am proud of it. I'm like, I, I'm enjoying the fact that I can have like a, a sancocho and 
and like French fries and a burger because that's who we are. That's who I am. So has it been tough? Yes. Um, you know, there's always those men that look at you like, oh, honey, that's so cute. But you know what I do? I take joy in going, mm-hmm. And, you know, kind of fighting back and, and fighting for what I believe in and, and standing my ground, which I'm lucky to, to be able to do. And to have girls come up to me and people come up to me and being like, dude, it's badass what you do. Congratulations. Like, that's awesome. It's cool to know. Well, you're opening doors. Um, and I feel that this is our moment in time. I mean, some of the biggest artists on the planet right now, you know, are from Colombia, Puerto Rico, Bad Bunny, J Bobby. And our market is... The networks can't get enough of it right now, and they're starving for it. <laughs> I'm just saying, y'all have to back up with being obsessed with Colombians because we've been cool this whole time. So <laughs> just because now it's like cool, er, no, I'm just kidding. It's it's cool. It's we're on the map now, and we're known more than just like Pablo Escobar. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're just like, oh, you know, it's the drug dealers. It's oh, what do you do? I used to joke when I was a kid where they'd be like, oh my god, your parents like do well. What do you do? I'm like drug dealers. Like, I'm kidding. Wow. Like, it was a joke. Uh, it's not real. Um, it's it's cool, man. It's cool that people don't just think that being Hispanic or Latino is Mexican, which, by the way, props to Mexico, man. I've spent so much, like, so much time in Mexico, and I've learned so, so much about how ignorant I was to that culture because of what I knew here in the States. Like, now I go down to Mexico, and I think I'm Mexican, too. Like, I'm all types of confused. But <laughs> I go down, I start talking with a Mexican accent. My girlfriends are like, okay, stop um but yeah it's it's i'm i'm happy that the world now sees us and we're not those invisible people in the kitchen like we're sitting at the table with you guys too it's a good time to be alive i mean i mean maybe not this year just saying yeah uh so with 2020 how has that affected your projects. I mean, it makes it much harder. What's that like being on set? I can tell you that getting COVID tested every day is not a good time. Um, that has been the biggest thing. You know, we've, we've had to pause and do a bunch of things to readjust the way we produce in this new world. Um, getting tested every day was part of that. When I uh, was on my last show, it, it sucks, but I'd rather know that I'm cool and that I'm not affecting anybody or, or bringing anything that would harm anybody, but it's tough, man. Like PPE and all of these new things now that exist in our vernacular that we didn't even think about back in the day. Like there's a prop on set and you're like, Oh man, it's just chips. It's like, er, you can't, you can't touch that. Or it's just, it's weird. It's super weird. And I think we're all trying to still come to terms with it. And it's tough. Cause I'll have these conversations with my colleagues and they're like, well, how did you deal with it? I'm like, well, I'm not a freaking doctor, dude. I didn't go to school for medicine. I don't know how to deal with this. Like I'm learning this the same way y'all are learning this too. So it's been hard, but I think everybody's really tried really hard to, to make it work. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty proud of how the teams are, are dealing with it. And hopefully, and unfortunately this is the new norm. So we got to kind of have to deal with it, you know? Uh, hopefully we can get back to making normal content in 2021. Uh, and a vaccine comes and Biden being in office helps everything out. But what do you mean? Like the mask is not like a normal thing you want to wear all the time. You don't want to see like a love scene with like a mask on. Like that's not hot. <laughs> it just, you know, I had recently, my son was born in June. So um, it's my first child. And 
for him, it's going to be normal to see people with masks. Uh, and I, I don't think that that's, I, it's going to be, I'm going to be sitting there as an old man telling my son, you know, people used to party together, no masks, yeah. you know, it was a different time. And I'm hoping we can get to Spring um, break 99, you should have seen it. <laughs> yeah. Well, luckily we got cell phones so we can show the videos. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And some that we don't need to show. Better that way. We'll get to some photos later on the podcast. <laughs> um, so how important is it for you to create Spanish content or do you want, because you're American as well yeah. and you got to be more American than the Americans and more Latino than the Latinos. Famous line said in the Selena movie, but it's true. Um, what's more important to you to produce Spanish content or hybrid of both? I think both are really important. The hybrid is important because I want our stories to be told. I want our people to be shown and I want us to be, you know, for me, it's weird sometimes when they're like, oh, well, you know, we check the quota. It's like, it shouldn't be checking the box. It should just be like, have us as part of your normal programming because we are part of this culture. We're part of this, this country. It's exactly what you said. Like I'm too Latina to be white because, you know, I say like my Latina words and I'm too American to be completely Hispanic because I have my Valley Girl moments, but it's important because it's, it's the stories that need to be told. It's the people that need to be have, have light shown. And it's all the talented producers, man. Like there's so many talented producers out there, like in Mexico and Florida and Colombia, like that don't get opportunities to do other things. And the cool thing with doing the hybrid is that like you start with, you know, working on those Spanish shows and then you, I get to, I'm lucky enough to be able to do different things where I can grab them and give them the opportunities to do different things and not just, you know, Spanish language, you know, like Telemundo, Univision, because unfortunately, and don't get me wrong, they paid a couple of paychecks too, so I'm not going to knock them at all. But, you know, it just seems a bit antiquated to how the world has evolved. Like the world is streamers, the world is digital, you know, it's not the same, like, I'm going to watch Sabo Gigante on Saturday with my grandma. It's now like, oh, I'm just going to check out this new show, you know? And people have adjusted their attention span. It's a lot shorter. So you uh, have to producing a long doc. You have to do now 45, 50 minutes. Yeah, uh, my, first, a- my, first, my first streamer, they're like, we're cutting the show. And they're like, within the first 60 minutes, you have to make it get the most captivating thing that people are going to watch at 60 seconds. I was like, what? 60 seconds you want me to make like you want me to cram the whole show in 60 seconds but it's true everybody has ADD so it's cool now we can blame social media thank you social media for that thank you social media for instant <laughs> gratification that's what people want now so what's your favorite project that you've worked on so far now you're gonna make my projects get all jealous with each other no, I'm just kidding um uh, putting you on the spot right now you gotta cool. all right I'll take two I'll take two my first favorite project is actually La Voz Kids for Telemundo. Um, it was luck, you like that. You like how I had to give them props because I said they were cheesy, you know. So um, La Voz Kids, I did for four seasons and it was a life changing experience. And I don't mean to be like, oh, it's a life changing. No, it was really a life changing experience because I feel like as a producer, I grew and I became something completely different. Yeah, that was my hobby. Um, and I like the voice format is three different seasons into one show. Like it's a jam packed cause it's blinds, battles and lives. And now they have like knockouts and all types of crazy stuff. But back in, back in the day when I did it, um, it was three different shows. It was cool. I got to work with kids, which is not as challenging as you would think. It's really with the parents that were the more challenging part of it, but 
we'll talk about that another time. Um, but yeah, it was, it was cool. I got to, I met lots of lifelong friends from that show and I grew, I became a grown up in that show. Believe it or not, I was still not On La Voz Kids, I grew up, funny enough. Um, and then my second project is uh, Last One Laughing for Amazon Prime. Um, that was my first experience on, on the streamer side. And, you know, Eugenio is like such a brilliant man love to work man. with. Man, I he, love that man. We, we had <clears throat> the uh, Daytime Emmy Awards like a week and a half ago that we lost. P.S. I was the sorest loser in the world, by the way. Sorest, but I still got another chance. But um, he, he's calling me like, it's okay. Like comedies, comedies don't win awards, but you're so great. Like you don't have to do that. All the talents don't pick up the phone and talk to, to us and, and, you know, mm-hmm talk to the team and say like, you guys killed he it. One up, though. No, he did though. He wasn't that bummed. <laughs> <laughs> but that's still a win for you. Cause it was. Yeah, it is. To win, you take that. It's a win for me, except I don't have the statue. The only thing I get to have is this little award my uncle gave me that says wow. Hollywood, California. And that's, the, you know, sad. I just won my first podcasting award in October. Um, Amazing. So it's really, it's really good. It's very gratifying to receive that, right. especially from the Lamb Podcast Awards. Um, oh. I do my podcast in mostly English, and I flip Spanish here or there. But to even get nominated by them That's was cool. great. So don't worry. You're going to get your trophy. Uh, 2021, uh, let's go. 2022, 2021. We'll see. Cool. All right. I have so much space to put it. It's, it's like waiting for it, but it's not coming. So it's all right. My time will maybe come. not just Emmy, or maybe some Bobby Globe also. So we'll see. I like where your head's now, at. Now I want to ask about the last one, because I think that that's one of the greatest ideas. Whoever came up with that idea is a genius. Uh, you lock up how many comedians you lock up in a room? Ten comedians. Ten comedians. Yeah. And these aren't just like you know uh, comedians that are just starting out. These are comedians. Yeah. Like they experience vets. Most of the time they know each other. Um, so the premise is you lock 10 comedians in a room uh, for six hours, right? And it's 10 comedians. So comedians love to make people laugh. And they could tell all the jokes in the world, but they cannot laugh. Correct. If they laugh, depending on how the laugh is, if it's hard, they're eliminated. If it's like a smirk, they get a, a, a yellow card, I think it is. Well, there's two, a couple of things. First of all, thank you for liking the show and for watching the show. <laughs> uh, I really appreciate that. Um, keep watching it whenever it does come back. Um, 10 comedians locked in a house, six hours, clock yeah. comes in. Eugenio is watching from another room, which is called I the War that Room. Point, yeah. yeah. It's all right. I mean, I should know the show, right? <laughs> um, ten comedians in the house. Eugenio has this thing called the war room, and he's been able to watch from all of the different camera angles. It's like a big brother house, right? We have yeah. cameras everywhere. We can see cavities. That's how many cameras we have. Um, so we're watching. He's monitoring all the comedians. You have two chances to not get eliminated. The first card is a yellow card, and that's kind of like your warning card. And if you get a second, it's your if you get a red card, kind of like in soccer. Um, the cool thing is that we kind of change every season that we do. We're going to start, you know, changing a little bit of the ante and, and, and the different rules that we put in. But the idea is you can't laugh, but you have to work on making other people laugh without losing your focus to laugh. 
So it's, it's, it's a pretty cool concept. It came out of Japan, actually. Um, it was a format that had been done in Japan and it did really, really well. And then they were like, all right, let's take it to Mexico and try it out. And it's been a crazy success. People come up and they're just like, you're, tu eres la de LOL? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, oh, me encanta este capítulo. Ah, sabes, you know, when they were doing this and I'm like, yeah, that's dope, but you're 12. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, did I really put this type of content out? But it's, it's actually really cool. I, I, I think it's a dope show. We don't take long to shoot it, but we live with it in post for so long that we know every single joke and every single line. So it's actually really dope when somebody comes up and kind of spats off on the lines. You're like, you did. Are you able to still laugh after even, I mean, so you're going through the editing process and you see the show and you see all the jokes. Are you able to still laugh when it's on the television? Do you watch your own material? That's another question. Are you able to still laugh afterwards when it's all said and done or it's just, you're immune to it at that point? Well, Cocktails definitely help. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think it's like once, when we're in post, if something is like really, 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 really funny, you still got to, you go from laugh out loud to like less and less, and then it becomes a chuckle. But once the show is out, um, sometimes I watch it because I'm like, that's cool. I mean, I don't watch the whole season. Like I'll watch either like a couple of the episodes. But um, when we went to the premiere for season two, they played the first two episodes and I was like, that was funny. And I actually laughed. And it's also contagious. It's cool to watch a show when you watch it with somebody who's seen it for the first time, who's watching it for the first time. Mm-hmm. And they react to it. You're like, all right, it was good. It was good. It was good. It gets really, a, a dip. like you watch one episode. I also see the Australian. But you watch one episode of it and you're like, okay, I got to, I got to see the next one. I got to see the next one. Because there's, there's in-betweens where you're like, oh my God, this comedian has been on point all time and I want to see what he pulls out next um so that I love the concept of the show it's very original I love the idea and also to have comedians in a room not laughing but cracking jokes at each other is probably one of the hardest things to do um, it's so good it's so good and thanks for watching thanks for liking the show and be on the lookout for more so what other projects are there I mean, you're, you must be cooking on some other projects. Uh, what are some things that we can expect in the next year or two? Well, COVID has had us busy doing nothing and a lot at the same time, which has <laughs> been fun. Um, so we are, I myself, I am involved in multiple projects for really, really prominent streamers. That's all I can say. Um, but I can tell you that it will not disappoint that I can promise you. Um, they're different, different content, which is going to be cool. Um, and I will give you some more, more info as it comes out, but it's definitely, definitely four. I definitely can tell you I have four shows in the pipeline for next year, which I'm really super excited about and super blessed to be able to be part of. Four shows. That's uh, constantly working. I mean, you got to make the best of it through COVID. You got to as much as possible yeah it drives me crazy my friends are like oh it's been so great like hanging out and just doing nothing at home i'm like i'm losing my mind <laughs> I'm like are you kidding i want to be in a set i need that energy have you traveled since covid or besides for vacation besides work uh yeah but don't tell my boss <laughs> No, I went to, I have a, a new, a newborn nephew. He was born three months ago. 
um, and he's in New Jersey. I don't because New Jersey's not that cool. I'm kidding. Um, he's uh, three months old, and I visited him, and I went to go see my family in uh, Florida to, you know, just spend some time and never get to spend more than like days with my family. So I kind of snuck off and put like a white background and just pretended like I'm like, Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm home. So, I mean, that's the blessing of COVID. You, you can do anything from anywhere. You know, you can be at the beach and you can get into the zoom call. Yeah. Just make sure you got a dress shirt and a tie. Yeah. Right. And my only problem was that one of my coworkers was like, you look really tan. I'm like, it's just the lighting. No, but you look like really tan. I'm like, it's just the lighting. <laughs> put a lot of blush so, shut up <laughs> so we're gonna go into a segment called distorted pictures okay we take five images uh, of you obviously and we'll distort those photos you have to try to guess what the photo is once we reveal the photo you'll let us know what the photo is what's going on cool. um, justin do we have the first one so it's going to pop up on Justin's screen. So that's a photo, believe it or not. I'm supposed to guess from that? Yeah. Okay. Um, guests haven't been very good at this segment. That's why I like <laughs> That looks like a beautiful gradient of lots of... Co- I, I have no idea what that is. Sunset? Sunset. Maybe? Was that when I went to visit my family in Florida and I didn't tell anybody? Uh, let's see. Justin, can we reveal this photo? Oh, you see, that was from my top two favorite. That's from Love Most Kids. That was uh, the chairs um, on the coach's chairs. That was dope. I love that. I'm not sure why I'm wearing sunglasses indoors. Um, so, yeah. It's the vibe. It's, it's just for the vibes. I, okay. I think I was feeling myself right there. <laughs> I think I was full feeling like leather jacket, sitting on the chair, like headset, feeling myself. Definitely. So, Justin, let's go with the next one. <clears throat> Justin, you're not helping me out at all with these pictures. <laughs> what is, I, I, don't, I have no idea. You, give it a guess. Um, it was a picture, my wedding picture. Wedding photo. Are oh, you married to a producer, by the way? Shout out to your husband. Yes, uh, to Edgar Hattemio, I love you. <laughs> Justin, let's reveal this photo. Oh my God. Oh my God. This is early resting bitch face. This is where it all came guys. This is where it derived from. I, I don't know. I, I think it was like two ish or one ish. My mom said that she wanted to take me to go get photos and that like I had taken. You look very pictures. happy and ecstatic. In that photo. I was psyched apparently. And she was like, all right, just one more picture. And I was like, I mean, it's a great shot. It's perfect. It captures everything. I, I'm like depressed. I'm not even sure if I'm mad or depressed or angry. I might have been angry. It looks like you're upset and you look like you're about to cry. Um, but it's a good photo. It's a great photo. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Justin, Thank let's you. go to the next picture. Okay. Um, yeah, that's the photo. There's yellow there. Is that the same picture you got behind you? Uh, no, we wouldn't use that photo. No. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. Could that be? Could that be the red carpet of LOL? Maybe. Justin, which photo is this? Oh, oh. I was close. It was work related. 
Um, yeah, this was actually this year, earlier this year, I was EPing Mira Kim Baila, which is funny because that's where I met my husband and Mira Kim Baila in season three back in the day. Um, Mira Kim Baila was also for Endemol uh, and it shot out of Miami and this was the all-star season. It was the first time I came back after had be, I was gone. I'd left in like 2012. So it had been eight years. It's the first time back in eight years. It was cool. Super, wow. super cool. Do we oh, have, so what's that? That's the third one we have. There you go. Which one's that one? That's one the fourth more. one. Um, I'm going to go with a family pick, something with my family, like my mom or like my sister. Let's see. Uh, is, is that correct? Oh, okay. LOL. All right. This is LOL season two with incredible staff from Amazon, which is CJU, Javier Balsamera, and they are so talented. It's ridiculous. Uh, Javier is out of uh, Miami and CJ is out of here in LA and they both work on uh, LOL. They're amazing. And Eugenio, of course, who looks amazing. And I yeah, I don't know who that is. The yeah, guy it's a guy in the middle. You could yeah. probably check him out. I'm not really sure you've seen him, but he's really funny. I'm been in some movies there, you know. One or two. Not that many. Not that many we know. No, he's, he's amazing. He's awesome. 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 And Katie, too. I forgot Katie Leahy over on the left. That's yeah. on set, right? That's on set. And if you can see, like, at the bottom, all, like, the trash. Because after the six well, hours. That's the, that's the room where the comedians are locked into. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's the room. That's the actual set. And they trash it so bad toward the end of it. All you see is, like, garbage and schmutz and all types of disgustingness. But it was Perfect cool. setting for a photo like that. Yes. Genius. So we have one more. <laughs> one uh, more? Okay. Yeah, we have one more. Oh man, I, I, I ooh, there's a, there's a little. This one is a little easier because there's a face that appears a little bit there. I only see like stuff on the right hand side. There's a face. Mm-hmm. There's a face. Uh, is this one of our kids? One of my kids' pictures? Like when I was with my sister and brother. I don't, know, I don't even know what I put up anymore. I'm like looking now. I'm like, oh God. You're going to have to double track that Instagram. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm going to have to like start filtering my social media because I'm scared of what I have put out there. Justin, what photo is this? Oh, yes. This was when I went. To, that's actually my handsome husband um, okay. and my brother. We went to go see his show when it was here. Um, Latin History for Morons in Los Angeles. I think he was here for almost a month and a half last year uh, around when we got married. And I got a lot of, well, when are you going to see it? When are you coming to see it? When are you coming to see it? But I was in pre-production of the show, of another show. So I didn't get a chance to see it until right at the end. And uh, you didn't see, before you went to watch the, you didn't know anything about, like, you knew the basis of it, but you had not seen anything like a rehearsal or anything. I had seen it in New York, like a year and a half before, but it evolved and changed so much that like, when I saw it in here in LA, I was like, whoa. It was like I had seen it for the first time. And that was kind of, I think that was the version that they had for Netflix. Netflix. That's the yeah, only version. It, was, it was super, super cool. I remember going and and I think we ended up going out to eat that night and we met the girl from uh, uh, from Orange is the New Black, which was really cool. So now he's kind of, wearing a, John's wearing a Raul Julia shirt, which yes. is Ben Dezeus's yes. film, which is a really good film if you haven't seen it, by the way. I just, yeah, no, I, just I have. I know Ben. Yeah. Yeah, Ben. Um, I've known Ben since I was a little kid. I've known Ben for a long, long time. He's a super talented director. He's awesome. That's funny that I just I took the photo earlier 
when I was uh, mixing them up, but I didn't even notice that until now. Oh yeah, I actually didn't notice that either. I know, I know the Mets hat, which is the wrong hat to wear. It should be the Yankees hat, but but I didn't. You're oh, right. now you're gonna. Have yeah. to, uh -oh. <laughs> but I, I didn't realize he was wearing the Raul Julia shirt. Sorry. Oh god! I mean, you know what? If I had known, I would have brought sorry. my hat too. I won't hold it against you. It's cool. <laughs> so uh, thank you for that. Uh, did you get any? I don't think you got any. We'll bring you no, back. I lost. No, I lost. Like bad. We'll bring you back. We'll yeah, uh, yeah. bring you back. You'll, you'll try again. Yeah, and I also heard about like the cool bar setting y'all have. Like you get cocktails and yes, yeah, and I, food I, as well. Cool. So it's everybody heard. I was invited back. So <laughs> I have witnesses. So we have a segment called Funny Little Stories. We've never done it before. Um, we'll trade stories, you and I. All right. Uh, I said one earlier about messing up a guest's name, um, but people will know that story if they watch the show. So here's one. I grew up in the Dominican Republic, and I was around seven or eight years old, and I was obsessed with cars. Uh, I wanted to drive cars. I wanted to work on them. I don't know what it is. I'm not really a mechanic type of person or a car person now, but when I was a kid, I was obsessed with cars. Uh, there used to be a steering wheel in my godmother's house. So I took that steering wheel and I was pretending to be driving. My older cousin, who was 18 at the time, was watching me. Uh, he was babysitting. So I grab an old car key because there was a bunch of keys in my godmother's house. And I'm looking at the key and I see a socket on the wall. So I'm like, man, I could really pretend that I'm driving oh a car right now if I take this key and I insert it in the socket and I turn the car on. Six, seven years old, I'm driving. I took the key. My cousin is watching. He sees it. He's told, he tells the story all the time. He said he knew exactly what I was going to do. I put the key in the socket and I just stayed stuck like this. And in DR, la luz se van. I was lucky that a couple seconds into it, all the lights went out in the yard. So I was able to disconnect, but my hands was black. So that's oh a funny little story and an embarrassing moment that has happened to me. How's your hand right now? Like, okay? <clears throat> oh, it's perfect. I oh, okay, just checking. 36, I keep thinking I'm 37. So it was 30 something years ago. Okay. But that's a funny little story. Do you have a story to share with us in the audience? I do. I actually... I tell this story to some of my like industry friends and they look at me like I'm insane. So I studied music, vocal performance um, in New York city. I went to college. I went to the Madison college of music up in uh, upper West side. And my brother at the time was like, Hey, I'm going to, he, it was normal for him to be like, Hey, you want to come with me to a dinner? Like you want to come with me to a van or you want to hang because we were all in the city. My sisters, my sister, my brothers, we were all together. Um, so he calls me up and he's like, Hey, I'm going to this party. I just, you know, don't want to go alone. Do you want to come? And I was like, all right, cool. Picks me up from school. Of course, like I didn't know. So I'm in school garb. Like I'm wearing like a turtleneck and like, uh, like boots and not looking all cute. We drive into this like ridiculous looking building in Upper West Side. Like if you guys are from New York, like you see these buildings where you're like, okay, wow. Um, that has like a courtyard in the middle. Drive in, take the elevator, go up to the floor. And it opens up into somebody's apartment. The stuff you see on TV, the stuff you see in the movies where people walk in and they're in their apartment. So I walk in and I'm like, oh, I, I saw like Paul Rudd. I had recognized him. I'm like, Clueless. They're like, no, he does other stuff than Clueless. I'm like, oh. <laughs> um, so I'm seeing a bunch of people. And then, you know, my brother goes up and he's like, 
Marie, like, I want to introduce you to my director. This is Baz Lerman. And I'm like, oh, cool. So nice to meet you. And, you know, his wife is like, oh, I'm so happy. Like, we've heard so much about you. We know that you study music. We know that you're into like opera and musical theater. Like, tell, like, how, how are you doing? And then Baz goes, you know, we finished Moulin Rouge. And I, I, I being our demographic, what did you think? And I'm like, it was good. Like, it was good. He's like, well, what did you like? I was like, I, I mean, it's just the music was good and like the costumes were amazing, but it was good. It was good. It was really good. Really, really good. I didn't even know where to look because he goes, you didn't see it, did you? And I was like, no, I didn't. My brother looks at me, he goes, wow. Mortified. <laughs> I turned all shades of purple, green, gray. Like, I didn't even know what to look. What am I going to say? No, dude. Like, I'm meeting the most imp- one of the most important directors in the industry that I'm like, wow, music, cool. And he's asking me what I think. Like, what does he care what I think, you know? And instead of me being like, yeah, well, you know, I thought this and this, I was like, mm-hmm. So I'm pretty oh, sure yeah, I'm not going to I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but... <laughs> Uh, that would have been the grown-up thing to do. No, yeah, I haven't had a chance. I would have loved to. No, instead of doing that, I was like, it was good. It was good. <laughs> not, good. not good. Clearly not good at lying and uh, acting in that sector because I was like, good. Good. So that's my embarrassing story. And and to this day, I haven't seen the whole thing. You still have not seen I it. I still haven't seen it. I know. I know. I, I, I feel like now it's like a running joke. Like now I just shouldn't watch it. I mean, why should you at this point? At this point, I mean, I've seen like clips of it. Like I saw like the beginning. But you probably watched the music video with Christina Aguilera. And, but you've never seen Oh, uh, Lady Marmalade? Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I think it's just a running joke. At this point, I just don't think I should watch it. I'm just going to. I came to terms. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to ask you to watch the film. Oh, God. (laughs) Uh, In two weeks, I'll be doing a cross podcast with some friends of mine. Their podcast is they watch movies at random on any streaming service. Okay. And then they do a podcast rating and reviewing the the movie. (laughs) You've never seen Moulin Rouge. Uh So just send me a little blurb. Let me know what you think. It's called Nobody Watches Everything. But I think I think this is your movie. Everybody has that one movie. Uh-huh. And this is your movie. Got it. Um, I have not seen Moulin Rouge. So you're not the only one. Okay. Seen it. All right. Um, I'm not that bad. I just, I'm not a fan of musicals. So it, it's it, the last musical I saw was... Uh, Hamilton? Uh, Across the Universe. Uh, they took a bunch of Beatles. I'm a huge Beatles fan. Oh, they okay, took okay, okay. Beatles songs and they turned it into a film. Cool, cool. So, but I don't watch musicals like that. So I've never you seen just, Rent. You don't, have, you don't do Spirit Fingers? No, nope. never mm-hmm. seen Rent, never seen Hamilton. Not interested in seeing any. I'm just, no, that's not my genre. I'd rather laugh, you know, or watch some comedy. I get it. But I just saw Hamilton for the first time last week and I was like, I get the hype. I get it you now. Do? I get it now. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, saw, a little, I'm a little cynical with certain things, but that one, I'm like, I get the hype. That one's awesome. And Rent, come on. Like, that's a cult classic. I've never seen Rent. So I'll watch Rent. Um, I'll watch Rent. I'll watch In the Heights was amazing. And I think that, that that's Nguyen's first, first yeah. project before. 
I saw that, but I have not seen Hamilton yet. I just people started saying, "Oh my God, this is yeah. the greatest thing ever!" And I'm like, "It could be a, just a good movie." Great. Yeah. No, I know. And by the way, like shout out to Lynn, but he is like insanely talented, like insanely talented. That brain, man. He uh he did something called Freestyle Love Supreme, uh before, uh in the Heights or Hamilton. And it was uh, like, who lines is it? whose line is it, anyways? But with oh. the hip hop mix, um, so I, I think even just to think on the spot like that is, is, is genius. So yeah, you, shout out to him. He's from my neighborhood, Washington Heights. Oh, I, um, I'll turn. Yeah, yeah. He's so, cool. I met, I met him twice. He's he's a super nice dude. Super nice guy. Seems no, like a very uh, uh, laid back. I've seen him a couple times. Yeah. Um, in the neighborhood. But I've never met him or spoken to him. No, I met him on, I had two shoots with him back in the day. And uh, I saw him in the Walter Mercado thing. That was really cool too, by the way. Oh, that was, that was a. Yeah, amazing. that was sick. That was really You know, cool. you mentioned Don Francisco earlier. And you, when you said that name, it just like, everything stopped. I wasn't on the show. And it, I went back to being. The TV. Six, seven years old in the huge TV that's yep. more than television. And- and, and the, girls the girls dancing, Don Francisco doing his, his uh, thing with the crowd. Um, yeah. It just took me back. And I saw a picture of him recently. He looks really old. So I've seen him, actually. We were doing a show. Um, actually, my husband was doing a show at, one of the, at the studio that he has an office. And he was talking, and he just, just was just like, I'm tired. Like, he just looked tired. He- out of all those years of being on television and working so hard like he did, I mean, he wasn't just doing, he was hosting a whole bunch. Shout out to Don Francisco and Mario Kreuzberger. For sure. For sure. Uh, he was our Johnny Carson, our, uh, you know, uh, Jimmy Kimmel. Or, he was that guy for us. Well, he made it. that show a, a household name. I mean, like, yeah. ask anyone, like, what is it, Sabado Gigante? Like, they know it. You know what I mean? Yeah. They might not know the show or anything, but that became like a household household name hey by the way uh, are you still wearing that hat for a reason or i'm wearing this hat oh. because uh actually your two siblings are here they're watching albert and uh emily oh, shout out to my sister and brother i love you i mean love you also ega alexis and uh Stop, albert, Anna. so there's a, a few people here that love, I you, love you guys but i'm wearing this hat because i gotta represent for your brother uh at this moment mm-hmm. in time i see where the alliances are Seeing as you're a Yankee fan, that's 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 important. I produce a sports podcast and I talk about the Yankees all the time. And you talk about how great they are, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so since 2020 uh, and COVID, we've been asking guests, um, what are three, two, one, the segment's called, three things you've been watching. So what are three things that you've been watching? Could be your okay. projects, could be other people's projects. Yeah, for sure. Support everybody like out there, uh, everyone who's put out some great content that I would never have had the actual time to watch and that now I binge. First of all, I had no, I, I saw the Emmy Awards and, and everyone was like, Shit's Creek, Shit's Creek. And I'm like, ugh, why oh, they keep God. winning everything? And then I started watching it and I was like, I get Fantastic. it. Like, oh my God, it's so good. Uh, David, the character David and Alexis and they're just, that show is so good and like crazy. And I love what it did for so many people and how it inspired so many people and how it gave so many people a voice. I thought it was done so well. And so like, not in your face, it was just part of life, which I, I don't know. I just thought it was great. And 
he he seems amazing. I, I was used to seeing his dad as like the guy from American Pie. Like that's the only way I can kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I saw him that in like Splash. I think I remember him in. Um, and then the other thing was the the politician, which was amazing. I loved 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 that one. That was all about like the politics and the guy who wanted to run for office. When Paltrow was in that one, that was really good. And I just finished watching for the second time Little Fires Everywhere with Bruce. Oh, that's a, oh, that's a Oh, I was just like, it made me sad at the end of it. I don't want to ruin it for you guys because you guys should definitely watch it. But it takes a twist that you're like, just like that. It was crazy. It was good. Those were my, those are my three, my three top binge. I mean, it's been such a long time since we've been working, since we haven't really been back to real life. So I've definitely binged a lot. The other one was Morning Show, by the way. Morning Show was incredible, especially because that one is like the industry and like, I get it. So it was, it was dope. Is there a film that you really got into uh, during the pandemic? Jojo Rabbit. I'm sorry? Jojo Rabbit. That one was incredible. Yeah. I hadn't seen it because I'm not really into watching like the whole like Nazi type, you know, movies because I feel like they've been done and done and done over and over again. But this one was done so brilliantly. Like it was from the perspective of a child, like, and what they went through and how they got brainwashed and how insane and that director who was actually in the movie who played hitler well like there was he did some stylistic things in there where i was just like notes i was taking notes because it was it was really good it was it was shot really well i suggest if you haven't seen it to watch it because it's actually really good it's not your traditional nazi movie moulin rouge and uh jojo rabbit oh my gosh with the, with the so moulin what, rouge. You, what that movie's gonna haunt you I, it you has know, already. You know what's going to eventually happen? <clears throat> so after a certain amount of time, Hollywood likes to reproduce films. And uh, I, them. <laughs> I guarantee you someone's going to call you. We want you to be the producer. <laughs> and I'll um, be like, I haven't seen remake. it. I can't help you. <laughs> you know, the, the, I did miss one shot I was binging on. It's called uh, Last One Laughing Mexico. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, uh, I, I've seen it on Amazon a few times. Yeah, it's, it's like in the thing. Yeah, case has the Mexican comedian that's outstanding. Yeah, oh Jenny, oh and he was in Overboard. Uh, yep, yep. I've seen a lot of his stuff. He's, I think he's just, uh, he's super talented. Yeah. Uh, the movie that I liked the most though was, uh, it's the Latin Lover one. I don't know the entire title. I know it's like how to how to be a Latin lover. How to be a Latin lover. Yeah. That one was fantastic. And the one he did with Kate DeCastillo was also pretty good, too. Uh, what are two things you're listening to during this pandemic? It could be a podcast. It could be an audio book. It could be music. Mm. It can be anything you would listen to. I'll tell you, it's, it's cheesy. And it's, I've become, like, an addict to watching, like, the news and listening to what's happening in the world. I've started listening to the Snacks Minute Mm-hmm. That's on like this, the Spotify that comes up and then they'll tell you everything about like the stocks in the business. They kind of make it for like the everyday consumer to understand and not have the CNN jargon because I'll start watching CNN. And I'm like, I don't understand one thing you just said. Like I heard it, but I didn't hear it. So like they kind of like break it down where you can kind of understand what's going down and it helps like in a conversation where you're like, did you know that they just sold this company? Like you sound a lot smarter when you get to listen to them for sure. Um, and, uh, I'm a gigantic fan of Mariah Carey as my family will tell you, like I cheese straight cheese. Um, so I've definitely been resurrecting the oldies and 
I've been putting the all around for Christmas, that whole record on. So you must be excited because this is her season. Uh, oh, I'm psyched. All I want for Christmas. Uh, they have a animated version of All I Want for Christmas. I think is Netflix. Might have the wrong streaming service. She did a show, uh, an animated show, and it's based on that song. How did and I not know that? The, if I find it, I'll send it to you. Yeah, please. Um, she's the main character, so this is her season. She usually does a show on Radio City Music Hall. I saw her one year. I, I saw her in Vegas, and I pretty much cried. I was, I cheesed so hard. And she, she went to my high school actually in Long Island. She went to Harbor Fields High School, and she graduated from there. And she went to that to do like a Welcome Home Mariah special the year after I graduated. And I literally am in my dorm room like. Seeing all those like ungrateful kids, like, oh, it's Mariah. <laughs> I'm like, it's Mariah. You don't understand. But yeah, I love her. Hey, one movie I didn't tell you about, Critical Thinking, by the way, like, not to plug it because it's my brother's movie and my sister worked on it, but that movie was freaking brilliant. Like, it was so well done. Again, not because my brother directed and starred in it and, and my sister worked on it too, but it's, it's, it's good, man. It's about like chess players in Miami back in like the 80s and 90s. Like, really good. Check that one out too. It's a story that hasn't been told yet, and uh, I like watching movies like that. It's a, I like watching new stories. And yeah. Sometimes they remake this stuff over and over again, and it becomes white noise. But in Critical Thinking, yes, it's starring some actor named John Leguizamo, and I guess Emily was on yeah. one of as well. But. Yeah, shout out to Emily Leguizamo, because that my sister was in it, too. She was in it really quickly, but she was in it, and she worked on all the BTS behind the scenes and all that, and they shot that in Miami. It was really cool. <laughs> This is John's directorial, directorial debut, right? On this film, yeah. I think it was. It was the first movie he directed. I mean, he's yeah, been in a ton I, of films. So. I, I got like a like a, like a cheesy, like old, like I'm not even, I'm the younger sister, obviously, but I got like, I'm so proud of you. Like I'm seeing him like, all right, guys, everybody like five. I'm like, oh it's so good. Like I, I cheesed hard on that, um, but it was cool. Yeah, definitely watch that one. That was, that was a really good one. I actually watched it twice. It was dope. And what's one thing you've been doing during COVID to keep your sanity? Uh, outside of binge watching TV and walking my dogs about 27 times a day, they're probably like, dude, don't walk me anymore. I don't want to walk anymore. Um, cooking. Uh, cooking has been like a, I'm, I, I'm good at the home recipes that my mom showed me like as a kid. Shout out to my mom because I know she's watching too. Um, I had to do a plug. Um, cooking we you know my husband worked on uh, one of the master chefs and he came back like oh i'm i'm gonna make you homemade pasta and i was like well i'm gonna make you rice and beans <laughs> so we started like making different Beating. yeah competing on doing little things and unfortunately like on the higher end stuff he does it way better than i do but like the casero stuff i'm better at that so what was better was the uh, pasta or the rice and beans what hit home i mean your husband's latino also so w which one did you guys prefer I'm going to say that he preferred my food because he loves me, <laughs> but his pasta's all right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to knock his it down. Pasta's it's all right. His oh my God. Right. It's good. It's good. It's good. He's going to kill me when I get off of here. <laughs> I feel um, like it must've been fantastic. I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't eat it. I prefer his pasta. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> you can, you can I mean, you're a Yankee fan as well. I mean, is, is that easy? What? Is he a Yankee fan as well? Because if he is, I'll take that back. He's, he's from Florida. I, I think he's impartial. I don't think he really has a. He he's Colombian, but he's from Miami or or. The oh, okay. So so it's the Marlins or the uh, Rays for him. 
if he was to say he's a Marlon fan, I would be sad. Why? Or, Derek Jeter owns it, so it's kind of like the Yankees of Miami. Huge. Okay, for us. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> the Yankees of Miami. Just because the guy owns it. First of all, I was the biggest Derek Jeter. Derek Sanderson Jeter, by the way. I know his middle name because I named my dog after him when I was a kid. Um, number two, shortstop. Yeah, I know. Um, just because he owns it does not make them cool. Like, no. I mean, I'm going to tell you this. As a baseball guy, I was impressed what they've done so far and what they did this year. Uh, the Marlins. He's literally paying these guys peanuts, um, and he's getting the most out of it. So I think they'll be doing better than the Yankees in the future. So, Maria, I want to thank you for uh, – I said Marie. It sounds like Maria. I said Marie, though. No. Uh, I want to thank you for being on the show. You're always welcome to come back. Thank you. Um, if we're doing yeah, you gave me homework. Uh, yeah, obviously, yeah. You know what? Uh, and we're on the record. So Moulin Rouge – uh, let's see, there's people in the chat. Moulin Rouge will finally get an audience from you uh, and will premiere your review on our episode on December 15th. I think that that's perfect. That's perfect. I hope it's streaming free somewhere because if I have to pay for it, I'm going to be even more pissed. It's, it's somewhere. I, Prime might have it. Amazon. I'll check. I'll, I'll look for it. I'll do my homework. I'll watch it. Has your husband seen it? I don't know. I'm not sure. Because if he actually, hasn't seen I'm it, not... that'll be great for you guys to watch it together. And I want I... your brutal, honest opinion. If you think okay. it's terrible, let us know. Okay, gotcha. What's the worst film you've ever seen, by the way, before we go away? Um, I saw this film. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many. I saw this. There was like an Adam Sandler movie on, on Netflix that my husband put on the other day that was like about Halloween or something. Oh, I, I know. Oh my! I exactly I was, it was about. bad. It was bad. It was bad. It, it's not the same. Um, his movies have taken sort of a dip. I mean, yeah. he's getting paid so much money from Netflix. It's not. He has an overall. I think creativity goes out the window. Like he, he got all his money at this big budget. Let me just do whatever I want. Yeah, I mean that's pretty bad. And Glitter was pretty bad too. But I love Mariah, so I'll never really admit it. Glitter was probably the worst film. I've never seen the movie, but I know it's the, that and and uh, I think it was Jiggly with J Lo and Ben Affleck. Oh, I, I yeah, I, yeah I saw that one too. That was real bad too. That was bad. So there's been some bad ones. I want to thank you for being on the show. I look forward to hearing what you think about uh, Moulin Rouge. Uh, Salud to the family, thank your you. husband. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep pushing boundaries. And when you get release dates, let us know. We'll promote it as well. Absolutely. Marie, we're not worried about it. Thank you so much. Thank you for everyone who watched. Appreciate it. Thanks, Rick. Thanks for having me.